Oh, Governor, don't worry. I don't care for this podcast all that much either. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hello, Governor, the podcast. I'm Abdullah. And I'm Tom. And uh, we've got a lot to cover today, so it's going to be a very quick-paced episode. I'm sorry for that, but we got a lot to talk about, and I'm just going to get right to it. Um, first of all, very sad news. Uh, uh, two voice actors have unfortunately passed away, one being John Kaigan, the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid 2, and the other being Powers Booth, who voiced Gorilla Grodd in the Justice League uh, animated series back in 2001. And both voice actors known for voicing bad guys as well. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. And actually quite intimidating bad guys as well, now thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Solid Snake, that was a great performance. I think, John, I, I agree with everyone, like, John Kaigan was just one of those voice actors who never got his big break, and especially I'm watching, like, I mean, I'm watching, like, the old cutscenes of, of that game, and he's he was really good in that. Oh, it's good. It, that, again, I think that does help it. Sonos was actually a decent villain. I still say to this day, Metal Gear Solid 2 is one of the underrated games in the series. But that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a great a great character, great actor, and Powers Booth. I, I mean, to me, Powers Booth was the ver- very first Gorilla Grodd like we got because before b- before the Justice League cartoon, Grodd was just um, he was just a, 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 a forgettable Flash villain. But it wasn't until like the Justice League cartoon did we, did Grodd become um, a legit threat, like he became like one of the big big names over at DC because he was popular from the cartoon. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I, what I hate about it the most is like ever since after the Justice League cartoon ended, we have yet to see a version of Grodd that did the version that was on Justice League Justice. Because the version on Justice League was the best version because he was the he was a smart character. He was the master manipulator. He he went toe to toe with fucking Luther for God's sakes. Oh and, yeah, I, I love that in Justice League when when him and Luther were going at each other constantly for that from that season. Yeah, that was that was one of the best arcs they've done, and I think one of the best things about that show was the bad embargo. And for those that don't know, the bad embargo was this little condition that DC put on put on the showrunners and said, "You can't use these Batman villains, and you can't use, you know, specific Batman characters." So that's why the Joker and Harley Quinn only appeared in like one one or two episodes. Yeah, and also didn't yeah the embargo that was because of the Batman show came out at the time wasn't it yeah and there was some there was a lot of people seem to forget it was just wasn't just Batman it was also Aquaman and Wonder Woman as well wasn't it yeah yeah with, with their villains uh Wonder Woman they actually got around that and they said you're allowed to use Wonder Woman but she can't be a main character like she has that to be like a, yeah she had to be like a supporting character so like, okay you know Justice League she's part of the main league so you know we can use her and with Aquaman, Aquaman is, is, is an even funnier case because they used him in the first series, but then when when it came to when the show was renewed and it became like uh, just Sleek Unlimited, uh, they couldn't use the character anymore because the CW was doing their own Aquaman pilot, which never took off the air. So, yeah. <laughs> so fucking Black Manta became Devil Ray, and uh, yeah, I remember. And, uh, and uh, Wonder Woman took took Aquaman's place in 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 that episode, which was dumb. Yeah, I remember that. Um, um, it was just um, an interesting time in that period because it's like I know a lot of fanboys at the moment always give Marvel stint for not only all the rights for their characters but again if you look through your history you actually look back during the early noughties or late 90s and even mid noughties dc had a nightmare with only the rights for their own fucking characters back then oh the reason that's the reason why the superboy tv series took so fucking long to get out on dvd because yeah <laughs> that's a that's another controversial character that they that has like gone from one owner to 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 the next owner and and then you had like superman's original creators like suing them for ownership of superman and superboy and it's just it was a nightmare that show that show the, the fact that, that show took took got off the ground was just amazing and and and, and ironically enough it got canceled and was replaced by by uh, Lois and Clark 
Oh, yeah, because um, that was the same, was it? Um, you mentioned the Superboy show, because originally that got cancelled because of Lois and Clark was being made. Yeah. So that was one incident. Yeah, they called my mate. One of my mates who from the comic because he's a huge Superman fan. He loves Superboy, and apparently he said to me the best season of that show was the fourth season, and it got cancelled because of Lois and Clark. Yep. <laughs> and then Lois and Clark was only good for the first two series, and then they finally did get married, and it started to go downhill. Yeah, and and you can thank uh, Lois and Clark for the death of Superman because they originally wanted to do a wedding storyline, but they couldn't because Lois and Clark was doing it. So they just said, "Fuck it, let's kill him off." <laughs> And surprisingly, that was actually for the better choice, since yeah. it depends on which, which way you look at it, surprisingly. Yeah, and, the, and, then they, and then they later did get married. But the point is, is like as much as you as much as you like to complain about Marvel not owning the rights to their characters, DC had it way worse in terms of their TV shows, because... Because, my God, it, it was a night... That's the reason why you don't see Jason Todd in a lot of animated series, because that's, that's another character that they have a lot of trouble trying to trying to get him into to to get permission to use him in that in that period in, yeah, in whatever um, in whatever show that they're doing no, I mean, when it came to young justice when you think about it i don't know if they had permission or had permission to use him maybe they didn't didn't have the time to fit him in but again in that time gap when they jumped a few years forward in young justice from season one season two there's a there's a remembrance site in the um, Happy Harbor place, and it is Jason Todd's Robin there of yeah. all the fallen. Yeah, and it's like okay, he's just there as a reference. <laughs> you know, I don't know. If that's because of the same sort of circumstances. Might be, might not. Who knows? Also, uh, Kyle Rayner, uh, the second, the second uh, or third was it? Yeah, second Green Lantern comics. Well, no, he was actually the third. Guy Garner was the second. Um, he only appeared in one episode of the Superman, the animated series, and he only appeared in that episode as a, as a replacement for Hal Jordan because they didn't own the rights to the Hal Jordan character. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the same case with, um, Satish Shock? They wanted to use, um, Black Lightning in that show, but the, so, and they couldn't get the rights to use the rights for the character. So they have to make up their own electric based character. Yeah, but so they had to use the static shock, so it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't until Young Justice we finally did get a crossover with Static and um, Black Lightning at the very end of season two. And it didn't take them until this fucking year to release the first season on DVD. That 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 tells you a lot right there. <laughs> so again, it's like character rights. Gotta love them. Um, but anyway, speaking of rights, uh, if, if you don't remember, uh, I'm just going to segue into the next topic because we, we got a lot to cover here. Um, if you don't remember a while ago, uh, the, the whole Sonic and Archie had like a little falling out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a falling out, but like, uh, the comic got screwed over because of the Pendus, uh, Penders, um, lawsuit. And we officially have word now that it's canceled. Yeah, I mean, they haven't updated the list. I think there's some people that... It's it's pretty much... Nothing has been mentioned. I mean, it is annoying. I think it has been officially cancelled. because Nothing's been mentioned. I think Ian Flynn's pretty much... If you go on his Twitter page and just look at what he's been posting up, he's been doing all these polls of, like, the best of sort of stuff, of, like, what was the best arc during this period what was the best arc during sonic universe what's the best arc during the sonic thing and he's just been doing all these things and he said what do you think of world collide what do you think of this and it's kind of like he's trying to gather up data for some sort of like kickoff sort of thing to saying yeah we're gonna end it but we need a, a data tally of what everyone thinks I think he's doing that because uh, Archie, you know, one well, this is really going to release like a, a best of on om, omnibus or something like that. Because he wouldn't be asking like, "What's the best storylines?" if they didn't plan on re- reprinting them as a best of collection as a send off or some shit like that. It's like, hey, sorry, we got the book got canceled because of Riverdale. Here's the best of list or something like that. Yeah, I think. Um... I wouldn't entirely blame it on Riverdale alone in the fact because um, ever since they've done the reboot for the Archie thing with the new art style for that, it has done reasonably well. It's done quite well for them and it has made them money and it made them get so much traction. 
they got the Riverdale show, show show out because of how well the reboot done. I think that if they didn't do that reboot, we wouldn't have the Riverdale show at the moment. So as a company standpoint, it's that um, they want to focus more in-house at the moment because Archie's making their money. And again, they don't have to pay excess license feed out to someone else and give them essentially the money. If you can make money with in-house with your own original property, you're going to stick with that original property. I'm not saying Archie. I'm not saying Sonic doesn't make money. Yes, yeah, Sonic does make their money. It has made their bread and butter for years throughout the '90s and through the early early noughties. It has made them their money. But ever since the Pendus Law case, it has gone downhill. And now there's been talks about with other artists and even other writers planning to might do some sort of coup to regain the rights to their own original characters. And you know what? If I'm Sega and this is what's going to happen, I'm going to distance myself away from Archie because they didn't ha- handle the Laugh Law, Law case that well. And Penders won it, which, I, again, I spoke to a friend of mine. He um, is a, a copyright lawyer. And I asked him about this. It's a guy I went to university with. And I asked him, how was this physically possible? And I showed, I showed him the court because it's, it's public document. You can get these documents. And I showed him the documents to it, um, to, to the law court case. And he said he, he, he can't work it out. He can't figure out why on earth the judge will give him in favor of this sort of thing. He said they must have a really bad representational lawyer at present for representing Archie on this behalf. I know. And it's like because you look at other cases about uh, creators suing major companies – most of those creators lost. Yeah, and there's a big example, um, the one you showed me just before this podcast. Oh, with, yeah, uh, Dan, Dan DiCarlo, the guy who created the entire fucking Archie art style, the guy who pretty much was is the father of this company, got screwed over by Archie, and he sued them in 2001 over, yeah, the, over he, the rights of Josie and the Pussycats, and, and he got screwed over badly. He, he didn't win his court case, so somehow, it, again... Like I said, when I spoke to my friend, who was the um, lawyer guy, he said to me, somehow he's won that by complete fluke. All Archie had a really bad representation as a lawyer present, and you know, it is not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something. It's, it's yeah. weird because, like, you look at all these other cases. I mean, it took how many years till till till, till fucking Bill Bill Finger got a got a credit on. For doing Batman, years. Yeah, it wasn't, it was, until, yeah. it wasn't until 2015 did he get a, a writing credit. 2015, and why? Because because of Bob Kane's contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob Kane's contract was so fucking stupid that they couldn't give him credit. I mean, DC wanted to give him credit. They they told they told his granddaughter like, "Hey, we want to give your grandfather." Credit, but we can't because of the contract that 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 was made with Bob Kane when he signed over the rights of Batman, and the contract and, uh, was fucking stupid. It was it was done until 2015. I can't remember what actually happened. I don't know if the contract expired or it was. They reached a settlement. Some, That's what. Yeah, they reached a settlement. Yeah, something. I can't remember what the reason was. I was just about to say it was a settlement or it was the contract expired. It was one of the two. I can't remember which one though. I mean, they reached a settlement, and even even the case with uh, with Joe, Joe, with Superman's creators, they 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 technically, you know, DC technically does own the rights to Superman, but they can't. They have to credit them always in any in every published uh, Superman Superman um, Superman media they, that they put out. It has to say if they're putting out like a comic, it says. Superman created by so and so, used with permission by the estate of uh, by the heirs. So, you know, it's it's boggles my Copy. mind. It boggles my fucking mind how Penders won that case. Boggles yeah. my mind. Yeah, it has. Again, I, I'm going through a similar sort of thing at the moment because, for those who don't know, I'm trying to get my own comic book made at the moment, and I'm currently in talks with co- um, with um, copyright lawyers and copyright people at the moment. Jesus Christ, it is not an easy thing to get around. It is a complete thing, because the way it works, so basically, you need to have records of where the characters have been made, you need paper trace, you need digital trace. It is a nightmare to keep a track of everything that gets made. 
you know, because if one person turns around and said, oh, no, I don't like you using this character, it's my character, you can't use it anymore, then you everyone have to go back for the paper trail, and it depends how many years it is, it could be like a few weeks, or possibly, in Superman case, 75 years worth of history, you have to backtrack through, be like, okay, now who owns the rights to this, and who we need the credit sort of thing, and who we need to pay? I mean, the Superman case was a, was a disaster because they sold the rights before they decided they wanted more to be paid more money for their work. And the problem with that is they own the rights to the Superman character and Superboy, but they don't own anything else. Like they don't own Brainiac, they don't own Lex Luthor, they don't own they don't own Heat Vision, they don't own the ability to fly. All that shit came after. All they I know own, all they own is the Superman character and and Superboy. Yeah, Superboy is an interesting case within itself. I can't remember who did a video on it, but I think the same guy did the Rise and Falls of the Comic Empire. I think he did mention it in some sort of video series. I don't know if it's him or someone else, but um, they did a fantastic video documenting about the copyright issue with Superboy because for those who don't know, they actually did reclaim the rights of Superboy back in the early noughties at some point, and that was a huge mess. And then they finally sought out that lawsuit not until quite a few years afterwards. Yeah, that's why. Again, that's why it's. That's why whenever you see Superboy in, that's why whenever you see Superboy in media, it has to be the clone. It cannot be. You cannot. Every flashback that you see to, from Clark Kent in in the future stories, he's always referred to as Superman. He's never referred to as Superboy, and the only Superboy you see is the clone. Yeah. Because the clone was created, you know, wasn't created by them. So he can, you know, they own the rights to that character. Again, it's a nightmare, I know. And it just boggles my mind how Penders won that case. Yeah, it, yeah, linking back to the whole Sonic Archie thing. Um, Penders won, won the case, and now apparently other creators are going to go after it. I think Sega are going to diss themselves towards it. I think we're not going to hear anything... Again, I think it's pretty much official that the comic is cancelled. There's, there's no doubt about it. And the way it influences acting on social media, oh boy, every single time when someone brings up the question, is it cancelled? Basically, give you an idea. He diverts the question to only saying one particular thing. And the way it's worded, it sounds like it's a corporate response. You know what I mean? It, the it's way like, worded. It's like, look at me, do 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 do. I'm dancing around the issue, do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you go on his Twitter and look at the things, um, yeah, um, it, it is a little bit meh sort of thing. And again, people need to understand, like Archie. I mean, again, it's, it's a good it's a good thing you mentioned um, Archie not wanting to 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 pay for licensing because that's what happened with Mega Man. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. <laughs> Mega Man, Jesus Christ. Cause, cause, cause I know Capcom wasn't happy about it, and 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 the moment Archie heard that, they were like, "Good, because <laughs> we don't want to pay for the fucking license anymore." <laughs> but the fans liked it, and we got screwed over. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the reason why when you deal with third-party creations of trying to adapt stuff again, I think it's the same again, the same case with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle was part of the Archie brand for quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah, they couldn't get, um, but you know, uh, what was it? IDW, the current publishers, found a way to get to get those issues reprinted. But the ones yeah. they can't find a right for to get reprinted are the volume three, which is uh, the Image Comics. So those are lost forever. Yeah, and again, if again in one of those cases, if anyone does publish those, you know, someone's going to be knocking at the door saying, "Where's the money?" Yeah, I know. Because in one of those cases, when you want to get hold of someone about using some 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 sort of content, saying, "Okay, I want to use this because blah 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 blah," no one comes knocking, but merely you use something, someone will be knocking the door saying, "Oh, I want my money," and you say, "And why did you make yourself known when we were trying to get in contact with you earlier?" Hmm. You I know, mean, it just I mean, goes. I, I mean, I'll give companies credit. I mean, they do back off when it comes to stuff like fan art because they know that that's protected under fair use, and they can't really, you know, they they can't really bring the hammer down on that because again, they're like, whatever, you know, it's fair use. It's not, it's not affiliated with our brand, and these people don't work for us, and they, you know, they can do whatever they want, but they can't. 
Ah, uh, they cannot um, profit off of it, you know, by you know selling selling these characters off as their own. If they did, then that'd be a problem. As long as you credit, I mean, again, as long as you credit them as the original copyright holders, you're good. But if you don't, that's a problem. Yeah, and pretty much that's that's it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I, it's sad. <laughs> I mean, and the comic has been going on for like what, 1993? That's a long ass. Yeah, it is. Well, was the longest running video game comic ever. Yep, and it's gone now. <laughs> again, you were not going to see anything like that ever again. Just like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, after the creator sold their, sold his rights to Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> that original comic has ceased to publication, so it's yep. over now. <laughs> and that was the longest running comic at the time for a superhero yep. comic that still mm-hmm. had its original creator. So it sucks, but what can you do? Um, again, again, I'm sorry if this episode is very frantic. We got a lot to cover, and just just bear yeah. with me. Uh, moving on to TV news, uh, Judge Dredd is getting a TV show. And it's also being head honcho by the creators that worked on the Dread movie. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, they said that their original concept was they wanted to tell the, the side stories of of the of the of Mega City, and uh, instead of just focusing on Dread, and they wanted to, they wanted to bring in some of the humor from the comic that was lacking in the movie. Yeah, which, which I'm mean, all, which I'm all for because I love the the absurdist humor in, in those comics, and I think. I want to see a really good adaptation of those stories. Yeah, at the moment, um, they're calling it, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, they're calling it Judge Dredd Mega City 1 at the moment. That's the working name, or I think that is the official name at the moment. So, yeah, it's probably going to be like some sort of anthology series or something like that. I wouldn't mind that, actually. And each week we get, um, maybe Judge Dredd is the one thing that, basically links all these things together, maybe he pops up, maybe he's the main focus one episode, or maybe he's just cause, in there cause, for a cameo. Because Carl Urban's fucking expensive, dude. I, I doubt they're going to get him for like a, an entire series. <laughs> yeah. And again, he's a busy guy. He's a busy actor. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting. Um, I'm, like we were, we were talking about this earlier, um, not in the recording, but... Um, we hope that it goes to Netflix. At least then they have more leeway with the what they can show. At least all I want, I want to see the dark, the the the, the dark judges. That's all I want. Oh. That's all I want. Oh, Judge Death! Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Judge Death, Judge Mortis, Judge Fear. I forget that's going to be amazing. I forgot the other, the fourth guy, but those are the three I know. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, and I hope the god it does really, really well. Because there's a video with the two people who worked on Dread, and they talk about um, getting this made and everything like that. And they said, "Well, we're getting this made now. Finally, it's looked like it's going to be a real good venture." And they said they are going to go more in the comic book routes of it, and it'd be cool to see the the, the deaf judges, and it's going to be cool to see. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to connect this whole world together and make it bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Because I love the absurdist humor of Judge Dredd that I, I think, to me, I mean, I thought the, the 2012 movie was okay. I mean, it was a, it was a good cr- uh, crime thriller, but it wasn't like a great Judge Dredd movie. Because to me, Judge Dredd, it needs that satire. And without yeah. that satire, it's just, eh. No, I mean, not to say that Dread was a bad film. It was a really good film. I think it just came out the wrong time. But again, like you said, it needs that satire. It needs that dark humor. Yeah. And it was lacking that a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because Judge Dread in the comics is fucking hilarious, man. If you have not oh, read this, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Judge, Judge Dread, the sum up, he is a fascist bastard to non-extent. He literally... He's by the book, nothing but the book. You, you, you even jaywalk in front of him. He's gonna bring you down like a bitch. I love, I love the fat pride sketch where, he, where he's fighting a bunch of fatties. 
Oh my god, yeah. It, it is funny. It, again, the whole point of Judge Dredd here in the UK, it was a political satire on how the law and also how police officers were at the time, you, you know. And, you know, they said made it dystopia and it took the piss out of stuff that was going on in modern day society and how people were interpreting stuff and how things were, were acting to people, you know. And I f- if it can capture that element along with what, what they did in Dredd, and merge that together with that, that satire and dark humor, I think we're going to have a really solid show on our hands. You yeah, know? because that was my biggest problem with the, with the Judge Dredd movie. It's like, it's a really good cop thriller, but it's not an, you know, that it's not, like, I wouldn't call it the definitive Judge Dredd adaptation. We have yet to see that. And I'm, yeah. And I'm hoping this show proves me wrong, because yeah. I want to see I, the stupid shit from the comics, you know, be brought into, into the small screen. Yeah. I hope I hope they have the same prop people that worked on the Dread film to come back and actually make the costumes and stuff like that for for the TV show. I would like to see those guys work with a bigger budget because that was one of my, my other complaints about that movie was like the budget was really low and it showed. Yeah, yeah, it did. It really did. But again, it's TV budget. Again, they're probably going to get a bit bit more, but not much more. But it's going to be cool to see see what they can come up with. So yeah. Um... Looking forward to that. And in other news, Ooh. <laughs> Hellboy's getting rebooted. Yeah, and Ron Pelman, Jesus Christ, um, he's not a happy camper. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's got screwed over on this majorly. I don't blame him. I think both both of them Guillermo got screwed. Um, Guillermo s- said he didn't want he couldn't make a third movie. He said he wanted to, but he couldn't. Yeah. And nothing against the guy, but if it's his decision that to not want to do a third movie, it's his decision. There's nothing we can s- say about that. Yeah. But for them to turn around and say we're just gonna reboot it after all the shit that they've that they've been through. That's just low. Yeah. That's just fucking low. It is low, but unfortunately that's the industry. And um, reboots at the moment is to be the in thing at the moment. And I think, I mean, I think the studio who's going to make it um, feel uncomfortable making a follow-up to the second one. And if it had been too much much of a long gap without making a sequel... Personally, if I was if I was doing it, keep Ron Pelman attached to the project, but make it a soft reboot. Like, you know, I mean, like that's what the second one was. The second one was a soft reboot of the first movie. Yeah, it really was. Actually, now thinking about it, because you know the first one they introduced a lot of elements that weren't in the second movie. The second movie was like, oh, the, you know, those elements are still there, but you know, it's 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 all different dynamic yeah exactly and Hellboy in the second one was a lot more faithful to the character in the comics than he was in the first one yeah I mean the first one was a bit of a testing ground and the second one pretty much whacked, uh, whacked the nail on the head you know and it's, it's, um, it's, it's one of those rare sequels that is actually better than the original film yeah, yeah, yeah. totally yeah. Uh, again they, they got the new guy working it um, David Harper um, the guy from Strange Things again not a bad choice. I can see him doing it, and I've seen Strange Things, and I can kind of see it, him being Hellboy. I can see him playing the character, you know. But Ron Perlman was just perfect for the guy. Oh, he was perfect. That's Yeah, that's the problem. It's like Ron Pel- It's one of these cases that Ron Perlman was Hellboy. He was perfect for the role. It's the same with... Um, oh, God, what's his name? I'm going to feel bad about it. The guy who played James Jones Jameson, um, J.K. Simmons, yeah. you, you know? Yeah. He was... James Jonah Jameson, the piece of sake. He, he lived and breathed that role. He perfected that role. No matter what, we're never going to get someone that's going to be as good as J.K. Simmons or Ron Pelman in their, those particular comic book roles. So same but, with, same with Hugh Jackman. I feel sorry for his, for his, uh, successor because oh. he, because no way is he going to top him. No. It is going to be a living, living nightmare when it comes to people taking on these mantles for these characters because if you, play this role really really perfectly you're going to be like that that actor or actress playing that role forever it's it's the reason why people still to this day 
beloved Christopher Reeve as Superman as well because he, he perfected that character, you know? Yeah. And playing that role. And it, it is, is hard. Again, I do feel kind of bad for the people who are going to come on, on to this project now and then going to have to follow all this backlash from everyone saying, oh, why well, don't know if you've done this, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's going to be, it is, I think David Har- Herbert is going to take the brunt of it, unfortunately, because he's the only, I think him and someone else, I can't remember the other guy's name, but he, it's like him and the, the director they now are the only two people that are attached to the project at the moment, you know? And again, this could just be one of those projects that never sees the, lights of di- the light of day, because again. Yeah. You know, this is industry. Because <laughs> shit gets announced every day and nothing comes of it, which is the, that's, again, look- that's the case. Well, look at the DC landscape when it comes to their fucking films. Half, half their fucking slate they announced was completely bollocks. Or what about, what was it? Uh, Inhumans movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Remember Inhumans yeah. movie? Inhumans oh, movie? <laughs> Technically, we are still getting it in cinemas, but we're not getting, we, it's becoming a TV show now, so, you know. And the only reason they did that was because they wanted to get the Spider-Man rights back, so, ha <laughs> yeah. You can tell, that, that, I can imagine they sit down in the meeting and be like, right, how are we going to afford to actually get the Spider-Man rights back? Well, we've got the Inhuman move. And someone wants to say, hey, boss, okay, Kevin Feige, Feige, boss, I got all the money for Inhuman's move. Thank you. But, 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 and give that to Sony so we can get Spider-Man. And what we were saying, we're going to need the budget for the Inhumans. Yeah, we're going to make it a TV movie now. Okay. <laughs> and it looks awful. <laughs> At least it looked accurate. That, that, that's my only thing. All of Jax Kirby's designs are not there. Just how do you fuck yeah. that up? Come on. Well, I'll wait until I see the actual show that make judgment on that. The only thing I will say that that came good out of that whole transition that people in Hawaii now are going to get media jobs because they created a whole big studio lot there now. now. Not good for them, but not good yeah, for them. That's, that's, that's the only thing I can good say about what happened in humans not being made into a feature film. I say, well, then filming in Hawaii, they built a whole big up station in Marvel's Marvel slash Disney studio there, so the people on Hawaii can now get work in the media. So, yay. <laughs> I'll build my own theme park. Well, that's not evil. Actually, it'll create jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was it. <laughs> oh, Eggman. I can create my own evil theme park. Who's going to run it? That's a good question. <laughs> I must create jobs for the industry. <laughs> oh, I'll charge you overpriced tickets and you'll wait in long lines. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. That show's amazing. Uh, it just reminded me of the South Park episode now, uh, when Cartman buys a theme park. <laughs> That's amazing episode. It's just the whole concept. They say, ah, you can't come here and because it's a paid theme park. I can't said only a certain number of people can come to pay the costs and expenses of everything. It becomes successful over time. Yeah, he just buys a theme park just to spite Kyle, which is just brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but yeah, that sucks. But moving on to the topic everyone wants us to talk about, the topic we've been fucking stalling about... Samurai Jack. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to say, um, b- before we start talking about this, when the episode aired, when I was on social media, one of the first thing I saw once the episode did finally start airing was um, a doll here posted a thing on, 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 the, um, Facebook, on the social media page, Facebook, and he just said, the feels. The feels are real. <laughs> I'll just say this, Gendy, Gendy, you're a magnificent fucking bastard, you know that? You know that? Because, <laughs> uh, wow, this episode was great. This episode was really good. It Fan- was a really good episode. Fantastic fucking episode. Where, do we, the... where, where, do, we, where do we even begin? Because it's, it's, okay, so this good. My... it's so good. It's so good. I'm going to just try to sum it up quickly as possible. Um, it has the drama, it has the action, it has the comedy, it had the thrills, it has the tension, it has the twists. It has everything to make what a good episode, or a film for that matter, to be good. And it, it delivered on, on its sort of thing. 
it, again, even the homage sort of thing for those that don't haven't. Again, if you haven't seen the episode, go and watch it and then come back and listen to us. But it, it's, it's oh my Monday. gosh, it's it was Monday, spirit. dude. If you haven't watched it by then, shame on you because we're gonna spoil the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah. But again, okay. It, it it's hard. It, like you said, it's hard to try to pinpoint with the start on this, but. All it is, it's, it opens up with just Jack and Ashy basically just basically fast asleep in Jack's robes. We, obviously, we all know what fucking happened. <laughs> and um, basically, um, they, they're both awkward about the whole situation. It's pretty much like a, a situation of a one-night stand sort of thing. You don't know how they react. Should, should you go and follow them? Should you not follow them? Should you talk sort of thing? And um, you even get Ashi staring at being a peeping Tom spying on Jack in the shower. Yeah, that's an actual thing. But yeah, it, it is done really, really well. And everything that's we've been following up to has paid off. It, especially with the thing with Scaramouche as well. That paid off hugely. I, I feel, love that know? because you thought he was just going to be a one-time villain, but nope, his entire purpose to the plot was to get Aku and Jack together. And yeah. I love that. That is brilliant. That is yeah. fucking brilliant. The bit, the moment when he tells Aku that Jack doesn't have his sword anymore, Aku, I think that's like the first official time you see Aku properly smile for the first time ever in, the show, in this season, you know? <laughs> And I think my favorite bit is like, I bet my life on it, and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> and, he just, and, and he basically pulls out the sword and basically just blows up his head. <laughs> that look that he gave him when Jack pulled out his sword, I almost pissed myself laughing. Yeah. He just, it's just like Okuns just gave him a look and said, really, bro? <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I can explain, he just blows up his head. And I just, yeah. oh god, it was just such a great episode. And well, I got my wish. Gendy <laughs> uh, did. You want a guardian? <laughs> you want a guardian? Oh my god! Wow. Um, they pretty much confirmed guardian's dead, or he's just it's just not there anymore. Gendy pretty much said, "You know what? That thing we set up in in season three, yeah, that that didn't happen. And fuck that. I'm doing my own thing." <laughs> yeah. And you can tell that Guardian is dead because the only thing that um, Jack found was his red sunglasses, you know. And, and that was it. And it's and such a depressing episode because that was his last hope and he was destined to, 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 to pass through that portal, but nope, that portal is gone. And Aku pretty much destroyed every time portal now, which just is so depressing. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I said, um, I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks when we had been talking about this. Is that what was going to happen with Ashley? Was I right? <laughs> I was. I was fucking right. They were building her up, getting you the liker to the point when everyone did. They did finally win her over just before the final, um, just before the final three episodes. And what happens? Yep, they did the bang bang, and basically Jack couldn't do it. The whole, I love the whole twist, basically, because no one knew who the father was. No one knew who the father was, and it turned out that, essentially, it's kind of creepy when you think about it, Ashi's mother drinks Aku's essence. Which you can't get... Just, just, just let that sink in. I mean, you can't, get, you, can't, you can't get pregnant from that in real life, but apparently in this universe you can, which makes no sense, but whatever. It, 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 it would literally be more funny. Literally, it was just like a tur- turkey baser and it just cut away. Yep. <laughs> that would have been funnier. That would have been funny. I, I would have I preferred that. But again, it's a serious show. And again, Aku's a, a demon. It, it, he, we don't need to know how he works. We, we just need to know, okay, he's a demon. He can fucking do that. You, you know, he got S. He can express his S, S and round as much as he wants to. But my, and... but, my, but my question is, if she knew that he was the father this entire time, why didn't she train her daughters to use their powers, or did she just forget that? I, I think it was pretty much explained that Aku pretty much forgot. It's pretty much Aku basically just being a bro and be like, "Yeah, okay, here you go, bye," and he completely forgot. And that's the funniest it's, thing about it, because the, the entire thing is just a metaphor for a goddamn one-night stand. That's all it is. That's all it fucking is. Yeah. It is. It's just, it literally, like, I know, Aku's a rock star sort of thing, and he had, he had sex with one of his groupies. That's pretty much it. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's brilliant, because 
all this time we were thinking, what, 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 well, what, what's the cult's main purpose of the show? And then you find out, oh, oh, Gendy, you magnificent bastard. And the thing is, I also love about it. It's just the fact that it it, it really, really is funny when you look at the ironic side of it. Basically, Jack's been on Kumopful and Emily for over 50 years. And pretty much, he got back at Oku the best way possible by shagging his daughter. <laughs> when you think about it in that way as well, it's like, oh my god, he got back at Oku by not even beating him. He basically shagged his daughter. <laughs> well, one of one of his daughters, but yeah. <laughs> I just that was a great twist. I think that was that was the best way to to have her character come full circle and not have her just you know be there for for the sake of just being there. Yeah. The one thing I would have loved, I would have loved, because essentially he realized, okay, you got a part of me and you, I'm going to control you now. And she does gain that black silhouette all over her. She does gain the horns and the fly, fire eye. I would have loved if she gained that mouth as well, Aku's mouth as, as well, just to make it a little bit more creepy. I, I was kind of disappointed that she didn't have, like, the creepy green face. Yeah, that would have been awesome if she did have that, you know? Also, uh... For, uh, was it the third or fourth episode where Jack has a hallucination of one of the daughters being le- looking like Aku? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing! <laughs> That's what I love about Gendy. The shit he puts in there, you think it's just for symbolism, but nope. It actually has a fucking purpose. <laughs> and it, I love how it just ends off with, with pretty much how it, 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 end, it ended off with just with the whole thing with um, <coughs> it ends off in like a set of wet sort of picture sort of thing Jack couldn't he couldn't kill Ashley he could not come to terms with it because he realised maybe when he slice slashes like her arm grazes her arm it hurt her and he's like oh crap and he's like he can't do it he formed an emotional bond with Ashley and doesn't want to kill her understandably and he surrenders and Aku finally gets Jack's sword well, second time, anyway. Well, second, but you know what I mean. And I love the fact, I noticed something about that silhouette at the end. You, you want to know it, what's, what's so cool about that? It pretty much represents the opening for Samurai Jack, the way yep. the art style was done, and I love oh. how they did that. That was, a cool, that was, that was beautiful. That was a cool uh, homage to the original opening, because we've come full circle yeah. now. This is the end. Yeah. I'm curious to see what's going to happen now. I am really engaged. I want to see the ending now more than ever. Yeah, it's it's great, great stuff. And God, um, I will say this. I think what was it? I, I know a lot of people are going to give uh, Greg Baldwin a lot of shit because his his Aku again. While he's really good in the role, he's not Ma- Mako. But yeah, and- you know, he's still. He still has the Aku role down really well. Like, he, he's... N- I never felt he missed a beat in this episode. He really shined a lot in this episode, because he was really good. Really good. Yeah, I mean... Personally, I can understand why people might be put off a bit. Personally, it didn't take me out. I didn't notice it, personally. That, that, that That's just me. But it didn't bother me to the point of being like, okay, this doesn't feel right. You know, I think the guy is doing the current voice. I think he's doing a fantastic job, and he sounds exactly like the original, the original Aku voice actor. Yeah. You know, that, that's just my personal opinion. And he even like stretches out his words like Mako did, which is just a nice touch. <laughs> that's, that's that's a great nice touch there. But again, I mean, I know some people are going to complain about that, but I didn't have a problem with it, and. Great episode. Fantastic fucking episode. Yeah. Again, set us up the next one. What do you think is going to happen in the final episode? I don't know. I honestly yeah, but, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I that, that, that that's what I love about this about this show at the moment. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to tune in next week to find out what happens. Everyone will, and everyone's going to be talking about this finale for years to come now. Yeah, cause my, I think to me my biggest complaint about season five uh, overall is like the beginning and end are great, 
but the middle is where is where it kind of stagnates a little bit. Not too much, yeah. but it, but it kind of struggles in the middle the most. But then again, you can't you can't write a flawless middle. That's one of the biggest problems when it comes to writing. It's like you can write a good beginning and end, but you, the middle is always the hardest part of any story. Yeah, that if you ever, ever if you ever study media and you know the three act structure sort of thing, you can always write a good you can always write a good beginning and end, but the middle, the second act, Jesus Christ, that's a toughie to get through. Yeah. So and. And that's my, one of my my biggest complaints about season five as a whole. But I would rather have a weak middle than have a than have a shit season all, all together. Because man, uh, this this episode blew me away. I did not expect that they were going to go into this direction, and they did. I did not see any of this coming, and it it was a great episode. And I'm just wondering how it's going to end now. I'm legit curious as to how it's going to end and how you're going to wrap an entire 13 years worth of history in, in 22 minutes. That's the biggest question. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> as you can tell, it was, it was a good episode. That's, that's pretty much all I have to say. It's Solid surreal. Episode. It's surreal. It's surreal because I never actually thought we would ever get a legit, legit conclusion to Samurai Jack. I, I legit thought it was going to be one of those shows that we were just going to, it was just going to have like a comic book tie-in or something like that. And we were never going to get a legit conclusion to it whatsoever. But we did. Yeah. And it's just so surreal. It's like, oh my God. That's the thing that, that, that got to me the most at the the end of this episode. It's like, yeah, this is finally happening. We're going to get an ending to this to this series. But it's probably not going to be a happy ending. Yeah. But the thing I like about this at the moment is like, it's one of those things. It's like the hype has been real and they delivered on that hype for the large majority of, the, of it. And also, I've got to say, the fans that have been supporting the show from day one and also have been supporting this new season. Jesus Christ, they've been so vocal. They've been so happy with everything. Peace sake, you just need to look at the memes. Come on, just look <laughs> at the memes. They've been created out uh, this new season alone. You, you know. Again, because it's, it's just a lot of great stuff. And and it's, it's, especially, it's especially great when you realize that Gendy did this entire series on his own. Like, sure, yeah. a couple of writers helped him out in a couple episodes, but he wrote most of the episodes and directed all of them. Yeah. That's insane. When you look back at the original series, when other writers and other directors directed the show, mm-hmm. and he just did all of this on his own, and that's fucking amazing. That's fucking commitment right there. Like, he did mm-hmm. not half-ass this. He wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to be like a producer on the show. No. He was. He made sure that this was his show. He was going to get involved as much as he could, and he was going to make it one season and finally end the story. You yeah. know. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. Dexter's Lab was a great introduction to Gendy to the world of animation, but Samurai Jack will always be his magnum opus. Oh God, yeah, it will be his masterpiece. People. We'll remember him for a long, long time for this piece of work. <laughs> you know, this will be crown jewel in his Gendy's art empire sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, I can't imagine a, a show being like it, another show like it. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those done and dusted things. I think we're never going to get a show like this again, you know, and I think we're never going to get a situation like this again when there have been such a long break and we're finally getting renewed and we're finally getting an ending to it. Again, uh, Young Justice... Mm, that was only three years. Maybe. I know, I know that's only three years, but again, that's the only thing that might be the same. But again, with Samurai Jack, Jesus Christ, it's been over near it, was it over a decade yeah. since the loss. Yeah, over a decade. Well, and mean, we're finally getting inclusion for it and no one was ever expecting oh, it. Oh, no, but no, we no. Got uh, it. We're actually getting a Hey Arnold movie. That's, that's another one we're getting. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to add that the jungle thing or not. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, the jungle movie. It's going to be a, oh. a TV movie. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Because for those that don't know, why 
I'm really fascinated now because it's the jungle thing. For those I don't know, look up the whole jungle concept of Hey Arnold, and the whole concept is about him finding his parents. And oh my god, it's going to be interesting if that if that's the case. We yeah, do go that far. We're, we're getting that. We're getting the jungle movie, but it's going to be a TV movie. And it's going to air in like November of this year, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And god. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know if Nickelodeon's trolling. That's why I don't. I haven't talked about this, but yeah. There have been rumors of an Invader Zim movie, and I don't know well, if it's they, true or not. I don't know if it's they, true or not. <laughs> they did release that teaser trailer with Invader Zim. I know, but it's just like, I don't know if he's just fucking with me, because, you know, Jonan has this habit of trolling us, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be one of these cases. We just have to wait and see something more official come out, but it's, it is going to be one of these points. It's that... Thank you for 19 nostalgia because for anyone who grew up during the 90s, we're all getting our favorite shows back because that's the in thing at the moment, <laughs> you know. I, uh, you know, fingers crossed for a gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's definitely pie in the sky talking now. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. I mean, if Greg Wiseman can get Young Justice back, he can get gargoyles back, right? Right. <laughs> Oh. And, and immediately when we end this podcast, like news pop up, Gargoyle's coming back, original show run final season. Darn it! <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. So, looking forward to the final episode, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to mm-hmm. be amazing. So, that's pretty much it. We covered all the news we need to cover. Unless we missed something. Did I, do we miss something? I don't think we did. Did we? Well, we didn't talk about the Doomsday Clock thing, but um, do you want to talk about that quickly? Um, oh God. It's 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 just an interview with Jeff John saying what he wants to do with, yeah. with, with that. So it's nothing really. Can't really add to that. Yeah, well, um, for those who are wondering, there's a news article game on Bleeding Call. It's called um, John and Frank's Doomsday um, Clock um, Pit Superman vs. Dr. Manhattan. Apparently, it's going to be a four-part standalone series. And, yeah, it's pretty much going to um, tie in the whole stuff of Rebirth and how Rebirth were created with Dr. Manhattan and all this bollocks. And, yeah, and it's, they're going to face them off against Superman, which everyone's been waiting for for years. And what I like about it, it's a, it's a self-contained story. No tie-ins, no, no tie-ins, no continuations in this other issue. Just a self-contained fucking story. That's all I yeah. wanted. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Is that so hard to her? Do you like me now, mother? Do you? That's that's what I fucking hate about event comics. It's like, oh, you want to know what happens to this character doing this to this event? Well, buy their separate issue comic because we're not going to explain it in the event comic because fuck you. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Civil War 2. Oh, I thought you meant the first Civil War, because the first Civil War was notorious for doing that. Oh, yeah, it was. But again, um, Civil War 2, um, cough, cough, Captain America, Steve Roger, cough, cough, explain most of the plot, cough, cough. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, Steve's behind it all. Yes, and he's been <laughs> orchestrating everything. But you have to read the Steve Rogers comic to find that out. And if you want to find out what the main plot of the Civil War Two was, you need to read the Oath, which wasn't written by Benders. It was actually written by a competent writer. <laughs> Who would have known? That's that's all I want. That's all I want when it comes to the comics. Just a self-contained fucking story without any goddamn tie-ins or fucking crossovers. That's all I want. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I, I haven't been keeping up with the Rebirth stuff, so I'll probably... Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Um, anything else? <laughs> nope. Nope. That, that, that's, that's it. That, that, that's all the news. And again, Samurai Jack, fucking awesome. I can't yeah. wait for the next, yeah. next week. <laughs> so, see y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye.